Jennifer, did you know that I'm fancy? Uh, how are you fancy? Well, I am drinking a vodka martini tonight that I made. That is fancy. I know you made it because you texted me and you're like, I'm going to make a drink and then I'll be ready. That's what you sound like. Yeah, well, in 99% of the time, what I'm saying is I need to eat food really fast and then I'll be ready. So that's how you knew it was a special <laughs> occasion. Switched it up. Yeah. I am I am having a Dos Equis. Ooh, ooh, I'm jealous. I will say, here's a little hint for all you home bartenders who want to be fancy. Put a little orange peel in your vodka martini. That does sound quite fancy. That's good. Although, I'm still a fancy raccoon because I don't have any martini glasses, so I'm drinking it out of, like, those bulb beer glasses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, don't worry, I'm still me. Close enough. Welcome to All Things Terror. I'm Emily. I'm Jennifer. And this is a research podcast where we bring you terrifying tales from science, history, and true crime that will entertain you and creep you out. So, I've been working on my summer garden. Nice. It's spring, so that's a good activity to do before yeah. it's actually summer. Well, you gotta start these guys early, right? Yeah. And I decided... I was going to do it proper this year, so I was going to do the plant a bunch of seeds, thin out um, the weakest plants from the crop, and then from those seedlings I was going to pick like two of each thing I'm growing to put in the garden, including oh, yeah. some herbs that I'm interplanting. Um, pro tip out there for all you guys getting started, um, herbs are... Um, natural bug deterrents, so they can help you if you interplant them with your vegetables. Yeah, uh, hey. I live in an area that has a lot of deer, and people are always like, what won't deer eat? And we're like, rosemary, mint, maybe a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Just put surround your garden with cacti. Yeah, and then people look, they go, really? And I'm like, yeah, a deer's not going to eat a cactus because it's full of spikes, you idiot. <laughs> Reasonable. Um, anyways, I was, I, I was doing that, and then I was going to be like, okay, and whatever seedlings I don't keep for myself, those are going to be, like, the ones I give away. And I didn't think that I would have that many. Because when you um, repot the smaller plants typically the weaker plants die during the the repot they don't take the transplant well yeah and like you'll start off with a lot of sprouts and then they just they won't make it yep and so you know the whole idea is like elimination i'll have like a few plants to get rid of well this isn't the case this year <laughs> all of the seedlings like first off i thinned um and then all the seedlings that i repotted survived <laughs> it's a good problem so to have, have though i have more plants and i know what to do like i have a four by four garden <laughs> and there's some stuff i'm leaving containers sure but like there's no way i'll have to send you pictures of this but there's no way i have room for all these plants send me pictures so... send me the plants girl <laughs> 
I can't send you to plants. That's not going to work. They're going to be dead by the time you get them. Yeah. Move to Austin. You can have your pick. Rude. So anyways, um, the interesting thing, though, uh, from all of this is that uh, the plants do attract insects and because I'm hardening them off, and for those of you who don't know gardener speak, um, this means I'm taking them outside for portions of the day for like a whole week to get them used to the outdoor elements and then taking them back inside. So um, even though they're surrounded by a bunch of um, herbs, they still get some insects in them, but most of them are the kind of insects that you want in your plants. They're like the healthy kind. And so when I'm bringing them inside, inevitably I'm bringing bugs into my house. Oh my goodness. And so you see, for me, I would just be like, this is how I live now. That you don't like to kill bugs and also really like to have a clean house. <laughs> well, it's it's an okay problem to have because when I take all the plants outside, the bugs are just going to go back outside. Um, but it did get me thinking about what it's like to have to worry about bugs. So, Emily. Jennifer. What is your least favorite bug? My least favorite bug? I do have a certain amount of hatred in my heart for cockroaches because when I lived in the south, mostly Baton Rouge, but also a little bit New Mexico, that have those ones that are like as big as your thumb. And like I saw them crawl up walls, I saw them come up from drains. Like you can keep your house as clean as a fucking whistle and it won't matter. Like and they were just like they would scurry and the pets wouldn't attack them and they would like get into like my drawers. They were super, super gross and they're so big that, like, you can see their eyes and their antenna, and you just get this sense of malevolence rolling off of them. Um, like, they definitely would flip you off if they had fingers. So, probably that. <laughs> There's also this thing I saw once in northern New Mexico called, I think, a child of God. Or, uh, I'm Googling this because, yeah, oh, God, a child of God bug. They look like big irradiated ants like think of an ant that's like as big as your thumb oh i already pulled it up on google and uh, every type of nightmare is happening yeah yeah um i guess they're also called jerusalem crickets maybe but apparently they're called the children of god because when you kill them they scream oh i only saw that one once and i was like i am horrified what is that fucking thing crawling across the floor um, so those two are my, my top, my top two. I'm, I'm reading about them like, right now. They, they look, <laughs> they look like a hairless rodent with an oddly round and shiny head and they're striped. Like they just, they look so weird. They look unsettling. And then cockroaches are just jerks. But they seem so kind, like, I love, so, I'm just reading the Wikipedia article, and this is the best set of conditions I've ever read. Despite their common names, these insects are neither true crickets, nor true bugs, nor are they native to Jerusalem. 
What the fuck are they? See, this just le- lends itself to this whole aura that I sense off of them of what the fuckness. Um, um, these nocturnal insects use their strong mandibles to feed primarily on dead organic material, <gasps> but can also eat other insects. Uh, so they're kind of like hyenas of the bug world. Well, it looks like they mostly go for decaying root plants and tubers. Okay. I was picturing, like, a carnivorous, giant, horrifying ant. Well, these guys are kind of cool, but they do look fucking terrifying. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we maybe don't have scary bugs like that crawling around. I, I just remember the first night that a tarantula walked through my house um when i was living super super close to campus in new mexico and i was like well that just happened (laughs) (laughs) i didn't really know how to respond to it other than like please go out the sunroom like go out there (laughs) yeah they were weird looking i i love bugs i've never been dry about this and um i i read about (laughs) So, thinking about all the bugs that I have right now that I'm dealing with taking my plants in and out of the house got me just looking up different kinds of insects because that's what I do. And I found someone who loves bugs a whole lot and maybe took it to a whole next level. Uh-oh. Uh, so do you know anything about the sand flea? Um... I feel like they bite people. I mean, yes, they can and do bite people. And they live in sand, and that's you've you've tapped my knowledge. Yep, that and that's it. That's the end of the show. (laughs) Uh, Isn't it gross (laughs) that sometimes bugs bite you? The end. (laughs) I mean, that can be terrifying on its own. (laughs) I. Okay, I really hate that this is sort of my role in the podcast is like some random thing gets brought up and then I'm like, let me tell you about a disgusting thing that happened to me. But uh, but you're going to do it. Yeah, but let me tell you about a disgusting <laughs> thing that happened to me. I, uh, I lived in New York City one summer and it was really rainy. It wasn't terribly hot, but, you know, I'd wear like sandals and and shorts and skirts and one time I got all these bites up the back of my leg and they kind of itched a little bit but then they didn't but they got really swollen and um I was talking to my parents where I'm like I have these bites like up my leg like like I don't know maybe like 10 of them and they're like pretty swollen like when should I worry and my dad who grew up on a farm And this is, like, so typical my dad answer was, like, well, when they start getting bigger than, like, a quarter. And I was, like, I think they are bigger than a quarter. And he was, like, (laughs) okay, well, then, I mean, that's not great, but I wouldn't worry. He's, like, just worry if they start sending, like, red lines up towards your heart. And I'm, like, oh, okay. Uh, because then that would mean that they're poisonous and the poison is starting to travel through your veins. But my parents were like, yeah, don't worry. And I was like, okay, they feel really bad. Um, but they did just kind of go away 
uh, although my legs looked, like, fucked up and bruised for a while. Uh, I never did find out what it was that bit me, but I was also super, like, it's New York City, it could be fucking anything. It could be, like, a rat that's gnawing my leg while I'm asleep, or, like, some <laughs> bacteria that's living in the street water that got splashed on me or whatever, but, uh, yeah, those, those bites, that was a tense couple weeks for me. <laughs> I... I bet it was an old timey disease. It I do just love the farm wisdom of my family that's like <laughs> Well, wait and see if it starts poisoning you. Like this explains why when I cut my hand and had to get stitches, like I knew right away that I needed stitches, but I just sat down and ate dinner first because I was like, Well it's gonna be worse if I don't eat and then I like drove myself to the ER. Like <laughs> it's just like well, yeah, they're just going to give you stitches, nothing to panic about. <laughs> Which, you know, I guess is partially true. This is also, I will say, just to give you one more farm wisdom story about my family. I don't think I was born yet, or if I was, I was a baby, but my dad was gardening which is, you know, circling back to what you're saying, and he had a pocket knife in his mouth I don't know why. Like, he put the handle in his mouth because he needed both his hands. And a bug of some kind crawled onto his hand, and he wanted to, like, chew it off. So he just, like, jerked upwards and stabbed the knife into his hand. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, bleeding, and he needs stitches, and, like, it won't stop bleeding. And my mom, the city dweller... Like, was like, oh my god, and went into the bathroom, came out, and wrapped a panty liner around his finger. Because, like, <laughs> obviously they're going to absorb the blood. And he was just like, he said, he had, like, according to the story, he had this moment where he was like, oh, whoa, that works really well. And my mom was like, yeah, duh, that's what they're made for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the greatest story ever. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but so sometimes bugs bite people. Tell me more. <laughs> so we're not talking about Emily's family or Emily's legs. <laughs> the lore. <laughs> uh, so sandflies. They are native to tropical areas, and they do, in fact, live in sand. Um, they are also the smallest known flea being about one millimeter so, so teeny tiny so is that visible to the human eye i mean i assume that you can probably see a millimeter they but they would I just mean, look like I'll a little oh sorry guys <laughs> there we go who doesn't understand <laughs> siri is like what the fuck <laughs> oh you have man siri okay I do. I have man Siri. Yeah, so it's uh, like, I just Googled it. Sorry if there's typing clip. But it would be like one line on the ruler. Yes, a teeny tiny line uh, if you're looking at centimeters. Yeah. So, um, super, super small. And for any of you that frequent rulers, then you'll know what that looks like. Oh, wait. Google gave me a good uh, description. So the eraser of a pencil is five millimeters. Like the tip of a crayon, if you like just put a crayon on the paper, that's two millimeters. 
and then the tip of a pencil is one millimeter. Well, there you go. Uh-huh. Very, very tiny. Thanks, internet. I do like that, yeah. So, also, thank um, you for not making fun of how I say crayon. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> so, um, so flea. So what they do is they burrow into skin. Oh, no. And they live there for about four to six weeks. And these, this is primarily the females. Um, males will detach after they have their little blood meal, blood feast, blood dinner, <laughs> blood extravaganza. Blood sausage with a but, side of yeah. mashed blood. What was the name of the rat in Charlotte's Web? Templeton. Yeah, after they've had their Templeton-sized meal. <laughs> the scene where he's after the fair and he's singing about how good it is and he has this giant belly as he's eating all this trash, I think about that all the time. Like, there are many <laughs> times in my life where I'm like, I feel just like Templeton at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the males are Templeton, and after they eat, they go roll away somewhere. Um, but the females stay in. Like, and... like ticks. Yep, like ticks, and they're there for about four to six weeks, and this is their life cycle. So, um, it's not necessarily they go looking for humans, but they are known to infest humans. And I'm sorry, Clint, you're going to hear my paper moving for a second. Um, in fact, uh, primarily when they do infect humans, it's in the feet. Oh no! Because Ooh, sand something about and that feet creeps me out. I know it's the feet part always makes it that much worse. It's like a whole new level. Yeah, you're right. It's like <laughs> it's just like the foot tacos. You know, Ooh. it's like well, I mean, if it was like armpit tacos, maybe I'd be less weirded out by it. But no, it's foot taco. There, there's just there is something like if something as bad is happening to your feet, it feels very unsettling. Yep. So, um. To reiterate, males are, uh, you know, take out or eat and go, whatever, and females are dine in. And what they do, <laughs> so when they burrow in, I know. That's a hilarious uh, <laughs> description. <laughs> and when the male flea gets lost, of course, he doesn't have to ask for directions anymore because he has GPS. <laughs> he won't use it. We just want to go through all the stereotypes here. Mm -hmm. Anyways, really bad joke, but the female, when she attaches herself to skin, what she does is she burrows her head in and leaves only the caudal tip of the abdomen out. This now, is just like a, a tick. It's going to gross you out so much. <laughs> So, you might go, what's in the caudal tip of the abdomen? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Emily. Mm, um, babies? What? Yes and no. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what they'll do is when they bur burrow in and they stick this part out, they're actually sticking it out in an orifice in the skin lesion that they ultimately create when they attach. And what they're... <laughs> So what this is composed of basically is the anus, their copillary organs, and four air holes. So they use what? this part. Yeah, this part wait, of the wait, body. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I have to go back. 
So the head is inside of you, and poking out is their anus, their sex bits, and what else? Four air holes. What? What? So, like, two noses. A butt, some genitals, and two noses. Yep. Ew! I mean, basically, flea vaginas. (laughs) Oh, it is all vaginas. (laughs) This is the worst glory hole I've ever heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't know how true that statement is. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. She sticks her head in. To feed off the blood vessels, she leaves all this stuff out, and you might be wondering, well, why does she leave all the things out? So we'll start with the easiest things to understand. The four air holes stay out so that she can breathe. Okay. Um, the copillary organs stay out so that she can lay eggs. I mean, and I'm not happy about it, but I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and... The anus stays out so that she can take a shit. I mean, once again. Okay. So, not only... So, if you get one of these in your foot, not only does it... When it's in there, it causes itchiness and irritation. And, in fact, can cause some pretty bad infections, which I'll talk about later. (laughs) But the entire time that you have this guest, she is shitting on you, breathing on you, Getting all her little eggs off of her foot. And the reason why the poop is so important. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. We get to talk about poop. all things terror. But this time it's you. You're it's bringing me. it up, not me. I win. Ah, <laughs> finally. Is that the feces is believed to attract males. Ew. For mating. Now, this is actually a big breakthrough that happened in science because for a long time, like, the general sex life of the um, sand fleas was a mystery. Oh, well, aren't we so glad we know about this now? But there was uh, a PhD student, a PhD student in Berlin who had some interest in the sand flies and was studying them and noticed that she had a sandfly or sandfly i said sandfly sandfly um attached to her own foot oh. and she's like well i thought it would just be interested interesting to observe what happens when it's living in my foot so she started taking pictures and videos and keeping track of what happened the well true scientist <laughs> right so at first it was like no big deal she noticed its growth, which tend to be normal. But then in the path of this, she was like, well, it wasn't laying any eggs, which is not typical for a sand, sand flea that embeds itself in you because they're female and their whole point of their being there is to, like, shit out eggs along with its regular shit while it's hanging out in your foot. Sure. Um... And then it lived for an unusually long time. It lived for two months. Now, remember, before I said it's like, oh. uh, it's, lifespan is four to six weeks. But um, it was still alive after two months. 
but didn't have any eggs. So, um, and she was saying that within two months, like, it was getting itchy and painful and actually prevented her from, like, um, walking normally. So, so she's uh, like, she, I'll just keep this going. No, she extracted it at that point. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was like, oh, no. So when she um, had a conversation about the lack of eggs and how unusual it was, um, what they ended up concluding in this research paper is that um, it is likely, first off, her flea was, you know, a virgin, <laughs> as noted in this article, which I'm going to send to you. It's on sciencemag.org, and it's... A really interesting read. How did but, they um, know? Because the f- the flea um, never had eggs. Mm. It was never fertilized. Okay. So the they never really knew like what happened. So now it's widely believed because of what happened here is that it is most likely that the male fleas mate with the female fleas when they are attached to whatever their host is. So not only is the lady flea shitting on you and shitting out babies on you, but she's also fucking on your foot. Uh, Rude. I know. I don't like it. But uh, it is kind of interesting. Like, it is... I mean, you have to think, like, get beyond, like, all the creepiness of it, but, like, it takes, in order for the female to have flea babies, she must already have a host and start feeding and then start going through her normal bodily functions to get somebody to be, like, heads down, ass up, okay, I'll take that. (laughs) I also like that. It's the scent <laughs> of her shit that some I dude know. is like, ooh, it's like, what's going on mm, over good. here? <laughs> that lady flea is doing it for me. Can you even imagine, like, coming out of the bathroom being like, whoa, do not go in there. Whew, I should not have eaten <laughs> that. And so, like, all of a sudden there's a bunch of dudes like, hey, what's up, girl? <laughs> I am rock hard for your uterus right now. <laughs> I am rock hard for your uterus. <laughs> that's like. Let me put some babies in there. That's like, uh, people. The best example of someone's like, "How do you talk dirty?" I'm just gonna say, "Say I'm rock hard for your uterus." <laughs> Even if you don't have a penis and they don't have a uterus. <laughs> worst, <laughs> worst porno ever. <laughs> Well, to a select slice of the population, it's the best <laughs> porno ever. All right, well, that got a little bit X-rated, flea X-rated, so <laughs> can bring it back. If all this isn't unsettling enough, like if it, if the general concept of the flea shitting and fucking and breathing and like shooting babies on you is like not enough on top of, like, this thing getting stuck inside of you and, like, making you feel some mild discomfort. And the four air holes part really is 
quite upsetting. Yeah, the four air holes and the two noses. <laughs> the two noses, the four lungs, um, and and that there was a graduate student that like looked down and happened to see that she had a sand flea in her while studying them was like, you know what? Whatever, I'm just gonna observe it, see what happens. That's cool, no big deal. <laughs> Let me add this delicious little piece. Oh. So, um, when the fee, uh, when the flea swells with the eggs, it can cause pressure on the surrounding veins and nerves, so that would cause you some mild to serious discomfort. When it initially attaches, it can cause some irritation and itchiness. Yeah. But, if it's left in for too long, it can create, uh, cause all kinds of infections, including staph infection, strep infection, tetanus. Oh no. And... It can cause a loss of toenails and also toe deformation. No, oh, your toenail falls off. I've only yeah. had that happen like once, and it was super gross. I guess that matters. Um, I guess that depends on like where the flea attaches itself to you, but it can, you know, fuck up your feet. Now. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm not done yet. I would be worried. <laughs> oh, that's upsetting. I would be worried because, like, it's hard to keep your feet clean and sterile. So, like, any bite on your foot wouldn't be good. I mean, true, but could you imagine, like, how much that would exacerbate things? Like, if you already have a sand, sand flea and then it's like, you know what? And a spider bite all in the same go. Oh, that's terrible. And so, they just keep fucking and shitting on you, and you're like, stop, I'm infected. <laughs> I, I did not sign up for this. Please, no. Please take my blood You're not and leave. giving me enough money for this. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> by the way, you might be wondering where the eggs go. They just fall on the ground. That's what they're supposed to do. What? No. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Like, all this effort, and it's just like, fuck you, eggs but... fall on the ground. <laughs> also, I was now, thinking, if the sand flea is living on you and fucking on you, does this make you the sand flea's pimp? I mean, maybe, but it just sounds like more like you're at the bed. Hmm. I like feeling like I'm the pimp rather than the bed. You're the bed slash apartment. <sighs> Even worse. Well, then they should certainly be paying rent in this economy. Exactly. <laughs> but no. Especially if they're going to make pornos. Like, they just... Oop. Anyways. Scat pornos, which is even worse. With the worst kind, right? It, yeah, yeah. Let's be real here. We all know that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... If this isn't quite yet giving you the heebie-jeebies... Um, now, mostly this is, like, benign, right? Like, you can extract them, like, they hurt, they can give you some infections and stuff, and, you know, um, but mostly it's, you can deal with the situation. But, um, recently, and by recently, this article was published in February 2019, 
um, there has been reports of people living in Colombia, particularly in highly impoverished areas where they ha- they're experiencing extreme infections of the sand flea. And uh, what does extreme mean? Well, mm. remember our little grad student had, like, the one sand flea? Yeah, and she could, like, track it. Well, these patients had anywhere between 400 to 1,300 fleas Ugh. embedded in their skin. No. But, and they weren't just concentrated in the feet. They found them in the elbows, the hands, fingers, knees. And um, everyone who had the infection were having a hard time walking. Um, some of them were entirely unable to move or walk. What? And a lot of these people had also lost weight and muscle, and some of them weighed under 80 pounds. <gasps> oh, my God. And for the patients that had lesions, also they had bacterial infections inside of the lesions. Oh, how, how did they get so many fleas on them? I don't have the answer to that. It sounds like poverty has a lot to do with it, but um, I just want to add one more layer to this story. No, there's another one? I'm somebody who typically walks around barefoot a lot. I am too. I don't even like wearing socks. As I one time awkwardly said on this podcast, I don't like it when my feet get hot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I'm in my house, my backyard, my neighborhood... If I'm riding in the car, the shoes are off. Yeah, I um, my yard is like rocks, like you know, decorative rocks situation, and yeah. I like drive my car on that. So my backyard is just like I have a porch and then like rocks, and I will like in the summer walk barefoot across those rocks to throw out trash because I'm like I'm not putting on shoes. <laughs> No, that makes perfect sense. Yes, you know, thank you. So many people are like, why aren't you wearing socks? This is how you got chillblains. And I'm like, fuck you, being barefoot is the best. Well, while I agree... <laughs> You're about to ruin it for us, aren't you? Let's just be grateful that of the things that we have to worry about getting on our bare feet, a sand flea is not one of them. Oh, good. Because we're not in a tropical region yet. I don't know. With global warming being what it is, who knows? Yeah, you're screwed. You're going to be semi-tropical soon here. But I've, although I pay for it in snow. It's true. You get a lot of snow. Oh, it's the worst. Well, on that note, that is my story. Oh my god, that was upsetting. But gross, right? Super, it was good for gross. Super gross. I, it made me think, do you know what chiggers are? Which I just want to clarify, yep. I'm saying that with a CH. <laughs> That's yes, like, I, chiggers are like that too. Yeah, I used to have to deal with them a lot in North Carolina. Everybody had the their bottle of nail polish. <laughs> yeah, uh... Ticks are also super gross like this. I listened to um, 
I've mentioned this podcast before. This podcast will kill you. It's doctors talking about diseases, and they had one on Lyme disease. And I didn't realize this, but whether or not the tick, like, burrows into you depends on where it is in its life stage. Like, if it's a youngin', it just bites and falls off. But if it's older, then it burrows in or something, which I did not know. Hmm. Also, <clears throat> how did all of these bugs evolve before humans? Like, I was talking to someone once about, like, how I used to go running through the pecan orchards and the uh, mosquitoes were real bad. And I was like, what do they eat when I'm not out there? And someone was like, birds? And I'm like, can mosquitoes bite birds? Like, can they get through their feathers? And then I was like, they must be able to get through fur and stuff because they exist where there aren't humans. But humans must just be the easiest fucking thing on earth to bite for bugs. Like, they're like, oh, man, I'm used to crawling through all this fur and now I don't have to? Awesome. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I... Bugs must have been really happy when our ancestors started losing their all-over body hair. Well, much to uh, our detriment. Yeah, seriously. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I guess bugs get the win sometimes, too. <laughs> oh, fair. You win this one, sand fleas. Sandfly is like, did I really win though? Because I only live like two to four or four to six weeks and then I die. And my nostrils are right next to my anus. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but then also it's just like, you know, it's like you're born, you mature, and if you survive all that, then you fuck or get fucked and then you die. Like, what a shitty fucking life, man. It has a real simplicity to it, you know? You don't have to worry about, like, what am I going to do when I grow up? Do I like my job? You know, they probably skip all that existential crisis. Yeah, they do, but still. I'm not sure if I want, like, my whole life to be defined by, well, did I fuck or not fuck? Did I get <laughs> fucked or did I not get fucked? But then again, like, apparently if you're, you know... A pure virginal flea, you get to live for at least two months. And just eat. That's all you're doing. You're just eating, yeah. eating, shitting, eating, eating. That might be the way to go. Yeah, it doesn't seem too bad. As in the flea world, as in the human world. The, the males <laughs> fuck it all up. <laughs> well, on that note, goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever.